Okay, so last week we talked about faith. Here's just some observances. These are nine observances of faith. We said no faith is characteristic of the lost. No faith. There are, there are children in which there is no faith. If you have anything, if anything, anything goes in your life, don't let faith go. Don't let faith go. Number two, faith is no better than the object. Hindus have faith. Muslims have faith. But in, in what? It's the object that makes a difference. Because you have faith in he that is the truth, the way, and the life, it makes a difference and it's powerful. Number three, you can increase your faith if we ask. Increase my faith, God. Help my faith to be stronger. Number four, you can become full of faith. This went over last week. We can be, you can be, in other words, if you can become full of faith, that means you can be low on faith. You can fill your tank with gas, but also your tank can be low on gas. Sometimes your faith gets a little scary, gets a little weak, gets a little shaky. Uh, number five, God's people love to see real faith. What God's doing in our life and your life by the troubles and testings and trials that you go through, many, many snares, uh, let's see, I'm going to get the song right. Well, let me look at it. Uh, many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Right there. Amazing grace. And so number six we went over, faith can be a stumbling block for people. Faith can be a stumbling block for people. And then tonight we're going to pick up seven, eight, and nine. Okay, seven, eight, and nine. And this is where I turn this on. Biblical observations of faith. So you might as well let you see. I'll let you see, those are the ones we went over. So faith has been a great stumbling block for millions. Romans 9, 31, but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Well, wherefore? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. What's the, one of the greatest stumbling stones for people? Faith, just believing. I can't believe, preacher. If God would come and show me some, if he'd show me wonders and signs and this and that, now I'm going to tell you this. Historically, biblically, signs and wonders do not cause people to believe. They don't. Otherwise, the, the two and a half million people that came out of Egypt have been the most believing people you ever were around in your life. They saw more than anybody. And yet, they didn't believe. They didn't believe. That really adult group from 20 and up, they did not believe. They doubted every step of the way, even though... And Mount, uh, they're, they're at the Mount of uh, Sinai, and they see the fire and Gulf Mountain, and, and, you know, Moses is gone for 40 days. Where is this guy, Moses? They create a calf and call it God and say, well, let, you know, this be thy God. And I mean, what in the world? What? No wonder he rejected them. No wonder when it came to Kadesh Barnea, they, they came back and said, we can't do this. Man, these cities are walled and high, and there's giants in the land. We just can't do this. They never did have faith. They never did believe God. They never believed, even in spite of the sight that they had. Hey, God forbid that's us. God forbid that's not his, his children would do that. It says in 1 Peter 2, 7, Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which are dis be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as became, become the head of the corner. same as made the head of the corner, I should say. Some of that's in my mind. Some of it's on the text. Try to get it right. Verse uh, 8, And the stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Said, Who's that? That's Jesus. Even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. 
So number seven. Okay, so let me make sure I got my, I want my notes to coordinate with this because I got some things that not on here that I want to mention to you. Number seven. We're good. Christianity is often referred to as the faith. Examine yourselves, and this is a relatively popular verse. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, the faith, the faith. That's what I found. I found quite a bit of reference to the faith. You know, we call, sometimes we refer to this church as the gospel. I like that, the gospel. Have you been to the gospel? Oh, we've come to the gospel baptism. Oh, the gospel. I like that. The faith. Prove, prove your own selves. Know you whether, know, know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. You, you need to have this confidence. Galatians 1.23, but they that had heard only, they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth, what? The faith. That's what it was referred to. That once he destroyed. So, Christianity, in this particular case and others, is referred to just generally as around the whole idea of faith. The whole thing's around the faith. That's what I'm trying to show there, I guess. Acts 16.5, and so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Okay, and then Colossians uh, 122, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. By the way, that's miraculous. That is miraculous. That's not what we're teaching about, but that is miraculous. To present us, to present us, that's what faith will do. Faith in Jesus Christ who purchased our salvation provides us, his righteousness being given to us, provides us with holiness, unblameableness, and unreprovableness in his sight. I think about that sometimes, say, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm unworthy of the least of thy favors. Next verse, if, we, if you continue in what? The faith, grounded, settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, which was preached to every creature, which is under heaven, wherefore I, Paul, am made a minister. So there's, there's a lot more on the, the faith. Um, let me get one more verse, I believe. I got one more verse to go on that. Jude one three. He says, Beloved, when I give all diligence gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. If it's worth something, it's worth fighting for. If something's worth something, it's worth dying for. It's worth fighting for. Amen? Freedom, by the way, in the United States is worth dying for. It's been worth dying for for a whole bunch of folks. It was worth them going, giving their young lives. I'm not going to lay down and just take a lot of that, my, my, uh, so the hard-won freedoms that are paid for in the blood of young men and women. You don't want to just lay down. And, and put up with them taking it. Amen. They're going to have to pry my cold, dead fingers off of the gun. That, by the way, our forefathers guaranteed we were allowed to have so that the government wouldn't take us over. They never gave us guns to go hunting. That was never the purpose of guns. The 
purpose of guns was to keep the federal government at bay if it turned bad. They didn't know. But they had been under King George. They knew what it felt like to have the federal government turn against them. And they knew what it was to fight, literally die, and give everything they had for what we now call the Constitution of the United States. So I just put that in there. I just thought I'd throw it in there. But also in a higher degree even than that, the faith that God has given us, it's worth it. It's worth, it's worth whatever sacrifices God asks you to make. Missionaries, one of the things I try to tell them when they get discouraged, missionaries get discouraged. I say, look, why did you go to the mission field? It's for the faith. It's worth dying for. Right? I just read a letter today. Oh, we miss our grandkids over Christmas. We didn't get to see them. And these are somebody, some people overseas. And, you know, the, the woman's writing back and, and writing in her letter, you know, how she missed her kids and, you know, and all this other stuff. And I, and I want to write them tomorrow. I'm going to write them tomorrow and say, don't forget why you are there. It's for Jesus. He wanted you to go there. He sent you there. If you never see your grandchildren again, it's worth it. I want all you women to say amen. 85% of the reason why people are coming off the mission field are the women. Because a man can't be over there without his woman. When the woman says we're going home, even though she's not the head of the house, she just destroyed the house. And a house divided will fall. And I hate to see that happen. I've, I've In the last year or two, we've had five, six families come home. And the reason is similar time and time again. God forbid, we've, don't you forget why God asks you to do what he asks you to do. It's worth laying your life down. It was worth him going through Gethsemane. It was worth him taking the whipping. It was worth him taking the mocking. And it's worth us taking some of that kind of stuff also. Even if he asks us to lay our lives down by never seeing our grandchildren again or maybe never seeing our great-grandchildren or never, never having to hug our kids again. It could happen. And that is the price of some missionaries. Number eight, is it possible to depart from the faith? Well, before I go to that, I want to I review with you some real, real quickly, some things I couldn't put up here just for the time's sake, some things I found when I reviewed the Bible about the word faith. We are to stand fast in the faith, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye therefore and stand fast in the faith. We're to examine whether we be in the faith. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. The Bible says we're to live by faith. That's Galatians 3, 11. That no man, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. It says we're justified by faith, Galatians 2, Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. We're to have joy of the faith in Philippians 1.25. We're to be steadfast in the faith, Colossians 2.5. We're to have the breastplate of faith in 1 Thessalonians 5.8. We're to do the, a work of faith in 2 Thessalonians 1.11. We're to have unfeigned faith in 1 Timothy 1.5. And we're to hold the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience in 1 Timothy 3.9. Faith, 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 faith. It's all about faith. And so then the eighth thing I notice is, is it possible to depart from the faith? Well, let's look. 
Now, the Spirit speaks expressly in the latter times, some shall do what? Depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. There's nothing worse than somebody's lazy. Well, maybe there is something worse. But an infidel is about as bad as you can get. I mean, I'm just going by what the Bible says. If a person's lazy and won't provide for his own home, that's so practical. What's it say about him? Worse than an infidel. I've counseled marriages where a man will be lazy. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, my this hurts. Oh, shut up and go to work. Fifty reasons why not to work. That's what it amounts to. Fifty reasons why not to work. How about you come up with 50 reasons to work? The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't. Oh, if you quit eating, you're going to want to work pretty soon, won't you? But not eating about five, six days, you're going to get desire to go to work. All that pain you're going to put aside, and you're going to walk right up. And I understand there could be people not work. It's possible, okay? It's possible that there could be some folks of such that could not work. But that is a minority. Today we've got workmen's compensation. Workmen that people are riding a free ride, and, and, and every time they get a little sniffle, they don't. You know. What in the world? All I can tell you is, men, head of your homes, provide for your home, or God says you're worse than an infidel. Oh, that's good preaching. Five eight is that what that is? Five twelve. Okay. Um, that was in the context. Five twelve is in the context of widows in the church. You're not supposed to, if a if a, a woman's husband dies and she's under sixty, she's not to be allowed into the widow's circle. If she's over sixty, she can be, but if she's under sixty, she's not supposed to be allowed in. Why? Having to, because they'll eventually uh, go, they'll, they won't stay single, they'll go ahead and get married, and they said they wouldn't get married, and so what have they done? I mean, the word damnation does not mean go to hell, it means judgment in this case, because they have cast off their first faith. In other words, they said they were going to do something, they were going to be a widow, and they, now they decided, because they were younger, you know, y'all get what I'm talking about, they were younger, under 60, 60 and under, that they went ahead and married, so he said, don't, don't bring them into the, don't bring them into the, Okay, what was this? In the early church, widows 60 and over were given food, clothing, and shelter if they needed it. Food, clothing, and shelter. The church took care of them. And so don't bring them, into the, don't bring them in early when they're young because they're going to eventually, you know, want to get married again and, and they're going to be, and, and be hypocritical about the whole thing. And he was, they, were, they were serious about it and says, don't do it. They'll cast off their first faith. So for what it's worth, there it goes. 2 Timothy 2.18, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrown the faith of some. What I'm trying to show you, I guess, is people's faith can be overthrown. I don't mean they necessarily be lost. If you're saved, you cannot be lost. It's not possible. A birth, you're not going to be unbirthed. But you can deny the faith, you can shame the faith, and you can lose all those there's a warning in Scripture a couple of places about lose those things which we have wrought and lose reward. 
There's God, God has things for us that if, you, if you're faithful unto death, you'll get a crown of life. If you're not faithful unto death, you're not going to get that same kind of crown. doesn't really talk of, it just talks of your position in the other side. Except 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, it's the love of it. Which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. doesn't mean they're lost. Just means they've they've given up a whole lot that God had for them that they they missed out on, and uh, it's a sad case sad case for them. So number nine, one should fight the good fight of faith. That's the thing. This is by the way the last uh, observance I found as I was going through these verses. Fight the good fight of faith. First Timothy six twelve. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. It is a fight. Amen? It is a fight. The devil is after us. Um, he's not, if, you're, if you're doing something for God, I, I, like, um, I had somebody come to me tonight and say, you know, I've been struggling and uh, having, having uh, bad migraines. And I just told the devil that every time I have a migraine, I'm praying for people to be saved, praying for neighbors, praying for people that, you know, that he, and I'm just going to take that time of being sick, and I'm going to pray for people. And he says, you're not going to be getting better. I thought, yeah, you're probably going to get over it because the devil may be the one trying to, trying to suppress you or oppress you, and he now wants you to be praying. Second Timothy 4, 7. I, I, I did, by the way, I had the same philosophy about not sleeping. I went about two years I didn't sleep hardly at night. And I just, I just told God, the devil, and whoever wanted to listen, when I stay up, I'm just going to ask, I'm going to use it for good. I'm going to use it for God. I'm going to ask God, I'm going to pray for people. And uh, you know what I found? If I got real serious about praying for somebody, I'd fall asleep. You want to go to bed? You want to sleep? Read your Bible or pray, either way. And if you don't fall asleep, good for you. Folks are going to get prayed for and the Bible's going to get read. You can't lose with the stuff we use. That's Reverend Ike, if you ever knew who he was. Second Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. It's a fight. I finished my course, I've kept the faith. The faith, there it is again. Titus 1, 13, this witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Hebrews 10, 23, we're talking about the faith. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. So it's, it's, a, it's a war. It's a struggle. You should expect it to be so. Hebrews 13, 7, remember them which have rule over you, who spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. Considering the end of their conversation, may I, make a, may I make a statement about this? You old people in this room. You owe it to the young people to end well. You owe it to the young people that are looking at you. Your marriages, they're looking at them. They're saying, you know what some of the young people, I talked I talk to the young guys, 20, 20 something. Why aren't you getting married? Well, boy, I don't know. I see a lot of divorces going on. You want to know why some 20-somethings aren't getting married? They're almost 30 and maybe beyond. I mean, you folks got married. Man, you got married, got out of the cradle. 
You got married 15, 16, 17 years old, 18 years old, most of you. Most of you old. Why did you do that? You felt it was good. You felt like you felt marriage was lifelong. You found the woman, you got married, you stayed there. Because why? Our our parents did that. Our parents stayed married. And buddy, through thick and through thin, they fought their way through it. They may have argued their way through it. They may have yelled at each other through it, but they stayed together. They had loyalty. That's why the way agape love really is not emotional love. It's commitment love. For God so loved the world, he committed himself to the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, anyway, they tell me it's because as they observe all these divorces, it shakes them. They're spooked. They're spooked. They, I, I talked to Chris. Here's what Chris told me. A lot of my friends have been married out of Crown College. They're already divorced. A lot of my friends out of Crown He's only been out of college seven years. I says, well, how long were they married? He said, two years, one year, three years. I said, you mean to tell me they got sick of each other in that shorter period of time? Man, I've been 50 years, same woman. Wow. So I say to you old folks, faith, follow. Considering how they ended up, the end of their conversation, the end of their life. Whatever you do, if even if you don't like your husband, stay with him. Even if you don't like your wife, stay with her by the grace of God. The only way to break up is if she kills you, poisons you, or goes down and gets a divorce and you can't stop it. I, I get it. I get it. Oh, dear ones, we owe the younger people a good example of what Christ can do in our lives. Christ can keep us together. Christ can make us forgiving. Christ can give us a give us a reconcilable heart. First Peter one nine, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Looking forward to that. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you, exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. I already had that verse up there, which was once delivered unto the saints. Well, that's the earnestly contend part. I emphasize, by the way, the color and the emphasis is mine. How about done? Jude 120, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what our brother Saul was about. Remembering that it is your faith in Jesus Christ that will overcome the world. And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Just trust him. I don't know what our future holds, but we know who holds the future. I have no idea. No generation has ever known their future. The World War II generation, my dad gave me some insight about that. He said, we didn't know we were going to win the war. You know, we look back on history and say, oh, well, they won the war. They didn't know they were going to win. They went into World War II. Germany was a superpower. They had, they had intelligence. They had scientists. They had first jet. They made up the first jet. They would have had the atomic bomb had God not interceded. 
And if Britain had they had the atomic bomb, they would have used it and won the war. They could have won the war. Japan on their side, they were they were fearless fighters. Japanese were some of the most fearless fighters there ever was. They'd give their life for their country. And 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 you know, they didn't just give those islands up. He said, We didn't know we were gonna win. We were begging God that we could win. Have faith in God. Trust God. He'll give us the victory. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world. What is it? Even our faith. That's how strong that word is. Stop it. Number seven, Christianity is called the faith. Some depart from the faith and the fight, fight the good fight of faith. These are the things that I noticed that stood out to me that had a lot of different verses, by the way, uh, collaborating them. As I went through this, I hope it helped you some. It's kind of a strange little study, no doubt about it. I mean, it doesn't even have real good continuity, but I thought, hey, I'm going to do it anyway. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time together. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Word of God, which is quick and powerful. Please help us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.